Magic or witchcraft? Last time on the Paradigm Switch, we discussed how witchcraft is real and satanic in origin. We discussed how God detested it and forbade Christians from being involved in it. Such power comes from the enemy and not of God. Today, however, we see magic in many fantasy novels, movies, TV shows, and I'm sure there are members of our listening audience, maybe majority, that have partook in such novels, movies, and TV shows. The Bible tells us to abstain from evil, but is magic portrayed in these fictional stories truly evil? Is it the same as the witchcraft practiced by those who follow Satan, or is it something different entirely? We on the Paradigm Switch will continue our examination of magic in part two of our modern day witchcraft episode and tackle these questions. Our goal is to determine whether we as believers should engage in media that contains magic. Welcome to the Paradigm Switch, where we discuss issues that young believers in Christ face, and using our testimonies, failures, and struggles, along with scriptures from the Bible, we hope to give encouragement and solutions for these problems. I'm Alex. I'm Avon. Our world is changing, and each day it seems things are getting darker, but God's will for His children is to live as champions, not as those who are defeated. The Bible teaches, as someone thinks within himself, so is he. So being equipped with the proper mindset is critical. Therefore, we have to switch our thinking from our way to God's way. And on that note, join us in our discussion. Hey everybody, welcome to the Paradigm Switch, where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds, to think right side up. And we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, so please follow us and share us with your family members, your friends, and all your church members out there. And give us a review. Let us know how we're doing, you know. We want to know what we can do better and how we can improve. And if there's topics out there that you want to hear us discuss, that you think that the church needs to engage in, let us know. And we are open to discussing. But today, we are continuing our topic on Modern Day Witchcraft Part 2. And this one is more a debate discussion of whether or not Christians should consume magical media, um, whether it's through fantasy books, whether it's through television shows or movies. So uh, just as a quick recap of our previous episode, we were discussing about witchcraft and its origins coming from Satan and that the problem with witchcraft isn't is that it's coming from the supernatural force of the enemy. It's coming from the dark side of the supernatural. We understand that everyone is supernatural. Everyone is a spiritual being trying to contact the spiritual realm. But it's important that you realize the side that you're picking on. There's only two sides. As Alex says, there's the devil's playground, and then there's God's kingdom. And you only have two choices. If you're not doing it through God, you're in the devil's playground. And so that, you know, if you want to get more on our episode on Modern Day Witchcraft Part 1, just... Go back in our episode list and take a look at it. But today, our goal is to discuss the question of whether or not Christians should consume media, uh, magic in media. And I put on here also clothing. Clothing. Oh, should that's, wear that's clothing one, as well. That's, that's a good one. So both of these are very, very interesting topics because, of course, we have a lot of fantasy novels, as we talked about in the introduction. I will come out and say that I like to read them. I know you do. So we're gonna we're gonna have a debate about this. I hope that I bring you around to my point of view on this. One. I will say, after investigating and after studying, I have been convicted in more areas to be stricter, and I have been convicted in other areas to not be as strict. So I might not come over completely, but I will take the stance of we should always be cautious. So let's just throw out definitions like we always like to do. And in our part one episode, I, we had two definitions for witchcraft, and I'm just going to give the Webster de definition, 
rituals and practices that incorporate belief in magic and that are associated especially in neo-pagan traditions and religions. And so I kind of created my own um, that is more of a scriptural-based definition. The ritual or method of using supernatural influence and interference that isn't from God to manipulate, intimidate, dominate a person or situation. So that is the definition that we are working around with witchcraft when we mention it. And so, like we said, we're talking about whether or not should Christians consume magical witchcraft media. And I just want to throw it out there. I say no. And the reason is because growing up, my parents were very strict in what we watched. I still remember um, being in the kitchen watching TV and my mom sitting right there like a guard dog. And she was very adamant in watching what we watched because they were adamant to make sure we didn't consume something that was against the word of God and that would confuse us. And so such shows that we couldn't watch that might be shocking to you. um, That's So Raven on Disney Channel. Yeah, I never watched that. You know that? We couldn't watch that. Yeah, we couldn't watch that because my mom was not a fan of her seeing the future and calling herself a psychic, of Uh which we know is not godly psychic readings and having, quote unquote, these visions of the future. She didn't like that because that wasn't godly. So my mom was not a fan of that. So we couldn't watch that. She didn't like Power Rangers. You know, I, I didn't really watch that either, although I don't think it had anything to do with like spiritual stuff it was just my mom didn't like us watching violent tv shows and power rangers were particularly violent for that age well my mom didn't like us watching power rangers at a certain point and now that i'm older i can see it she didn't like the i forget her name but she didn't like the villain who was always making concoctions in like a pot or something and she seemed to my mom especially how she dressed was witch-like so and then she made monsters come out from different dimensions and stuff so my mom was not a fan of the spell making that came to life. So I'm always. I can't say I know enough about that, but I think this is probably where we would disagree <laughs> just based on what you're saying. And, and we'll, I'll talk about why I would say this. Later. And so my parents, I asked my parents, my parents' point of view comes kind of from Thessalonians 5.22 that says, abstain from every form of evil, withdraw and keep away from it. And from the scripture, I think it came from the mindset that if something looks bad or the looks against the word of god just to stay away from it and especially as us being children not to bring about confusion so that's kind of where i stand in the sense of if i know it's wrong then i should stay you know if i know god is not supporting this then yeah maybe i shouldn't consume it yeah but but how do you know that god is supporting something or not like how do you know what god's opinion of power rangers is for instance my perspective on this is different so I I mean, there were some shows that I grew up not being able to watch because my parents didn't like them, but most of them had to do with violence. They coincidentally had this spiritual aspect to them later. But uh, certainly I have been an avid reader of fantasy novels mm-hmm. that contain you know, magic, wizards and witches and all kinds of these supernatural characters, uh, and, and I don't see anything sinful about this. Let me let me tell you more. So I think when it comes to this kind of fantasy magic, we, we have to differentiate it between magic and witchcraft. Okay. Okay. So witchcraft is satanic in nature, and it is real. It has power. It can occur in this world. And then there is what I would consider fantasy magic, which is made up, and that kind of stuff does not occur on this world. Like it, magic wands, for example, you know, these... Uh, at least I don't know anything about satanic people waving wands and mm-hmm. causing things to happen, whereas in 
the uh, the stories. So I, I think that, that that doesn't happen in real life. And if the magic that is described in a fantasy book cannot happen in real life, I think it is okay. Why do you know it can't happen up. in real life? Because there's some people who, from our first episode, would think the witchcraft we were talking about couldn't happen in real life. Well, I mean, I have yet to see <laughs> anything about that. I, I Like, I... Vampires, werewolves, mm-hmm. these kinds of fantasy monsters, uh, a person who is, you know, like Lord of the Rings. I know you don't like this. Uh, you think it's very boring for whatever reason. That's another discussion. Yeah. But but Gandalf is a, is a wizard, and he's not evil at all by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I guess because of the title of these characters is kind of alarming, just the fact that they are calling themselves a witch or a good witch or, you know, like they're, you know, this is a good witch and they're a hero. But at the same time, it's like, according to the Bible, like a witch was not good, like in God's sight. So I guess it's the, it's the title that throws, it throws it off a bit, I guess, for some Christians who are, who comes from the, um, the, the side of being a little bit more strict and cautious. Um, so that's how I see it. Cause as soon as I hear like witch and wizard and, um, magic and all that kind of stuff, kind of like my spiritual antennas go up. And kind of being cautious. That is a fair point of view. Mm-hmm. But again, I think this goes back to this is fantasy. This, mm-hmm. this is not real. This is not related to satanic things. This is just the product of somebody's mind. Um, and uh, I mean, here is where I draw the line on this. Okay. So fantasy magic are, are is magic that I don't believe could ever occur in real life. So like Dracula creating vampires that could never happen in, in in real life so i think that's fine or zombies making zombies but that does not happen in real life so frankenstein for instance this is this is fine to me um and the, the line in the sand is if the media portrays the magic as something that i think happens here in real life that that's more satanic and i stay away from these things and you have I examples of those i do have examples of these so I have examples of, of media I would not engage in and examples of media that I do engage in and, in fact, would encourage other people to engage in because I think they're very good. Um, but we'll talk about what I would not engage in. So these are going to be examples of TV shows, or movies, or books that uh, pre- present magic in a way that is very similar to the way that is practiced in modern-day witchcraft and the kinds of things that we discussed the last time on this show. Um, so one example is uh, Charmed, this TV show, right? So this follows a story of three witches, and they practice magic, which, I mean, there are other shows and TV uh, for on TV and, and books and movies that do this too, but in this particular TV show, the magic here is very reminiscent of Wicca practices. Okay. And we talked about this last week. This is something that, you know, we as believers need to be wary about. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of a show that I would not uh, take part in. Uh, a second uh, second uh, TV show, this is on Netflix, uh, Chill- The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, I don't is, think I heard that one. Well, I know remember Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I yeah, think there's, that was... there's that. But this is totally different. This is a Netflix live action TV mm-hmm. show. And it details the occult, okay. which is, of course, evil and satanic in nature. And it's quite explicit in its uh, characterization of what goes on with the, the magic and the, and the cult that they're practicing. So, of course, I would not at so all. So, seeing your list here, I'm thinking things. about one show that I watched that I got convicted about that might not be the best. 
Have you heard of the show Supernatural? I have heard of Supernatural. I've never seen that. I am a huge fan of Supernatural. <laughs> I am a huge fan of Supernatural. I It was one of those Netflix binge that I saw. It came on Netflix when it had like 10 seasons, and so I just binge watched it. But the show, it does... Ha- when I was getting prepared for this episode, I thought about maybe I should not watch this show. Um, this is where I feel like I need to be stricter a little bit because it does have such symbols that are of Wiccan and even satanic practices of like pentagrams, um, uh-huh. using blood in rituals, um, saying natu- um, magic sayings and spells and all this stuff to ward off. And they even have protagonists of, I mean, not protagonists, um, was antagonists of demons and witches mm. and even the devil himself and so i yeah. have failed and slipped in that area myself i did get caught up in like the the entertainment of it all and i think that's one of the things that makes it hard sometimes to make the tie is that we just love entertainment so i've never seen supernatural mm-hmm. um, i i would i'm kind of making it lighter but after watching it um because i was trying to finish up the last season so <laughs> after watching it i think uh there's more i'm making making it lighter than what it actually is but there is a lot of like satanic um deals that happen with demons and mm. there's different practices of which a christian should probably not consume at all and what's the dangers of consuming it Let, i don't think we established that yet what's the danger of consuming bad media like that uh, well you know your thoughts come out of your mouth and that's what you want to write mm-hmm. and when you give yourself to these fill yourself with these poor influences and we uh, talked about last week the fruits of the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's bad things, right? And I think Christians slip in their walk and become more part of the world and engaging in these sinful behaviors. And you know, they don't really distinguish themselves from from uh, the world. And so when people look at them, they're like, "Oh, you say you're Christian, but you do X, Y, Z," which is what I do, and I'm not a Christian. So you know, what is the big deal about this Christianity stuff? So. You know, we have to be cautious about that in terms of filling ourselves with um, bad influences. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I still don't believe that fantasy magic is bad. Okay, well, continue with your list. All right, so there is uh, another show called Salem uh, on TV. This is actually a historical fiction kind of show uh, based on the Salem witch trials. Uh, but unfortunately, there's explicit detail in the real witchcraft that went on there, and so this is not a good idea as a believer to be exposed to. And um, I don't understand how this is classified as uh, fantasy, but according to Amazon, it is. Okay. This is the Book of Satanic Magic, Whoa. which is a, a book filled with satanic rituals and curses and other kinds of black magic uh, it's marketed as, as fantasy. But of course, this is, you know, real. That's that's real witchcraft. I mean, this is Satanism. Yeah, I get the I guess the list you gave is very obvious, explicit shows that make shows, movies, and different types of media that make it um easy to say Christians probably shouldn't consume that. Because like you said, we gotta make sure we appear different. We gotta make sure, you know, we're we're different on every stance, and even in the entertainment that we consume. But I think the the next list that you do give is where things kind of get a little in the gray area for some people. Well, I hope that I will be able to convince <laughs> them otherwise. Uh, so that's stuff I wouldn't do. It's mm-hmm. just too similar to real life. Then there is fantasy magic that is made up and has no resemblance to this stuff that is going on with witchcraft and Satanism. And, you know, 
we have talked about this before, and I was very shocked to learn you were not allowed to read these. It blows my mind. Chronicles of Narnia is a very good example. There's deep magic. There's a, a wicked witch who can bring eternal winter to the land. She turns beasts to stone with her magic wand. And the ironic thing about this is <laughs> that there is a lion named Aslan who can reverse the witch's magic with what some people can you know, make the claim is magic of his own, the deep magic. Um, he comes back from the dead. He turns the dead stone statues into living creatures restoring them to life and uh you know that is actually as it turns out an allegory of christ himself uh <laughs> as aslan is portrayed as dying for the sins of another mm -hmm. and he is resurrected and then he destroys the evil witch so let me give you the background history so what's funny about this book like you said it's actually a christian themed book and as our audience might know i was i'm raised as a uh, pastor's kid and so the funny thing is, I remember in fifth grade, we were reading this book as the class project to read, you know, the book we were reading in class. And so it's called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's not just coming off as Chronicles of Narnia. It was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. So the witch part is what caught my mom's attention, like, witch, like, whoa, 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 like, what, what, what are we reading here? And then as we actually looked more into it, I guess they were like a goat, half goat, half man. The, the fawns, the fawns. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Tumnus, who is actually one of the main heroes. <laughs> so yeah, so it was these um, kind of like magical creatures that my mom was a fan of. And sometimes um, I think they just associate the goat and the ram kind of look to something satanic. So when my parents heard this, the whole thing about the witch and all that kind of stuff, it kind of just put up a red flag. So I guess in the long run, I think my parents are being cautious, but you know, this is before things were easy when, with Google. Uh -huh. So, you know, this is before, you know, everyone was just going to Google to look it up. So the funny thing is I, you know, here I am the only Christian in class and then I had to not read the Christian book. And then I was sitting outside by myself doing ex reading exercises on my own. And I didn't get to go on the field trip that was based around this book and everything. And my mom still could be going to school. And they, like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, so you do engage, you do think people can read this kind of magic book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about the story of Jesus. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an allegory for it. But yeah, and it has magic in it, and it's not satanic by any stretch of the imagination. It's purely fantasy. Now, the author of this is C.S. Lewis, who, he's very, very famous in Christian circles, right? I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, the atheist who set out to disprove God, but proved God and became the a, case for Christ. The case for Christ, very uh, strong. Uh, no, no, no. This is uh, mere Christianity. Oh, sorry. And case for Christ is for uh, from uh, the Chicago Tribune mm -hmm. reporter. But um, so Chronicles of Narnia, I think, are just this is one example. This is probably the most famous one uh, that shows you know you can be Christian author and put magic in your stories. Uh, a, a second one is Lord of the Rings. Okay, believe it or not. So backstory here, Aben and I. I tried to get him into these movies. He didn't like them. He said they were very boring. But uh, the fact of the matter is, Lord of the Rings is written by a guy named J.R. Tolkien, mm -hmm. and he's, he was a believer, right? And there is a magic ring that is tethering this evil dark lord to existence, and there are there's Gandalf, who I mentioned earlier in the show, who is a wizard, mm -hmm. and he is fighting on the side of good to destroy this evil ring, and free the land from the oppression of this dark lord, whose name is Sauron. 
Now, the, the interesting thing, though, is, and you wouldn't know this reading the book straight. I mean, it, it's like just a fantasy book. It's got men and elves and dwarves and, and wizards, and uh, it's got the Dark Lord. It has orcs that are evil. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you read the expanded notes of J.R. Tolkien, specifically a book called The Cimmerillion, which is really good, it turns out that Gandalf is a creature called a Maya. And in J.R.R. Tolkien's world, he, he modeled it kind of similar. It's a lot of Christian influence. It's, it's not a Christian allegory the way Chronicles of Narnia is, but it is heavily Christian influenced. So you have Eru Ilavata, who is like God, who's the creator of this universe. You have the Valar under him, who are like angels, one of whom, Melkor, is like Satan, the devil. He turned against mm -hmm. Eru, got cast down, became Morgoth. They had to fight to get rid of him. You had the Maiar, who were also like minor angels serving under the Valar, of which the Dark Lord, who has the ring, is one of them. He followed uh, Melkor or Morgoth into evil. And then Gandalf is another one of these guys, and he's good. So these are like not evil magic at all. Um, and the magic is much more subtle because there's not really like incantations or anything. It's just like expressions of moving the elements or what have you. Okay. Well, I know I know you're about to say another one, but that's the the one you're about to bring up is the hot topic one. But um, I'm just gonna comment on the two, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings. I think sometimes what throws Christians off is like those key terms, like I mentioned before, like magic, witch, and so they just automatically turn it off. I don't think it, it might not be as bad. You know, they have to name the superpower something because mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, someone could say like reading comic books could be magic. Yeah. Because they're using powers and stuff. So I guess you have to look at, like you said, the root of where is it coming from and what is it trying to communicate to the masses? Is it just communicating the story or is it really communicating the, um, how would you say, the dark influence from behind the scenes of which we talked about? Is it really bringing it back yeah. to that rooted evil, which is satanic, yeah. satanic influence? Well, and here, here's the other thing. And. I'm not actually going to bring up the, the one you're talking about. No, we're, we're going to have to bring it up. Yeah, because we will that's bring the it up. That's but I want to talk about Wizard of Oz 2. Okay. It is a very famous, the first colored movie. It has the good witch of the north, the wicked witch of the west, and the wicked witch of the east. And it mm -hmm. has the Wizard of Oz, who's kind of a fraud, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a misnomer. But um, again, this is a story that's completely made up. And, you know, people can't fly on broomsticks. And they don't have uh, crazy monkeys. Okay. That, are, are, that are attacking people and, and their minions. And there's no munchkins, by the way, for these people to oppress in real life. So again, it's a fantasy story. Glinda is the, the good witch of the north. She uses her power for good. And the wicked of the witch of the west dies at the end of this melting. Mm -hmm. I'm melting. You probably know that term. Yeah, I'm melting, I'm melting. Um, so this is, to me, another example. This is clearly fantasy magic could never happen in the real world. Uh, so I think this is Okay. And now we will get to the one that you want to talk about. And that is, of course, the Harry Potter series, of which I am a very big fan. Okay. Uh, so tell me, what are your gripes about this? Okay. Besides the fact of just, I didn't do it. <laughs> I feel like that's the, that's the stem of a lot of this. It's just the fact that I didn't do it. Uh, like growing up, I wasn't involved in that. I couldn't read magic and I couldn't read anything. This is also fantasy magic, by the way. That Aragon. had anything pulling from that source. And the one thing 
I remember there was a lot of controversy with Harry Potter, and even like there's still controversy with Harry Potter. Should Christians consume the media of the movies and the um, books? There are, I will say, good magic and bad magic in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And it is, the, the authors and books are very explicit that bad magic is evil and that good wizards should not go this way um, and, and practice this dark magic. It, that's what the enemies and the villains and the antagonists do in this book uh, series. So Harry Potter is about uh, a boy who has a really terrible home life. His parents were uh, magic users. They were murdered by a, a dark magic user and Harry Potter has no idea about any of this because his aunt and uncle are not magic and they hate magic mm-hmm. and they keep his heritage from him. So then he discovers that he is, a, in fact, a, a wizard because he's magic. In, in this universe, they call people who are with magic, if they're, if they're a guy, they're a wizard, and if they're a girl, they're a witch. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they, they call them. I keep hearing you throw this term out there, good and bad magic. Yes. In, in, my, in my upbringing and in my church, it was never good or bad magic. It was just no magic at all. Is there a difference? Is there really a difference of good and bad magic? Yeah. Well, this is fantasy. Remember, you're talking about witchcraft, of which there is never any good magic. That is evil. Okay. But this is fantasy magic. And in fantasy magic, there is good magic and there is evil magic, or dark magic, as it's typically called. And in, in the Harry Potter series in particular, the reason why I think this is fun. And, and by the way, my parents didn't like this when I was growing up. I oh, remember, they didn't I, I like remember, it, so you were a rebel I, and reading it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I re- had to read it with the class in third grade. Sure. And, and when I, what I heard, it was not, like, bad. Like, there was not sat- Satanism or, or crazy dark rituals or anything like that in, in the book that I read. And the whole story is about Harry Potter trying to stop the evil wizard from using this dark magic to come back mm-hmm. from uh he, he nearly died he he didn't die but he's trying to come back to full power but harry potter stops him and harry potter is a good character his friends are good characters they use magic for good purposes and they use it to oppose the main villain lord Voldemort, who is evil beyond measure okay the the theme here is love conquers evil right mm-hmm. and that's i mean this is secular i will not you know, try to deny that, but certainly as believers, we're supposed to be taught that God's love does conquer evil too. True, true, true. Yes, true. The surface level of the story of good versus evil, and trust me, I love all things comic books. I love all things, you know, nerdy, you know, but to respond to that, I'm gonna give a little background. So, you know, if, I don't know if you knew, but, you know, I actually have a minor in communications. I do. I have a minor in communications. And one of the definitions from the first class that the teacher said that I always remembered, I thought was a good definition, she said, message sent equals message received. That's the definition of um, communication, is that there is a message that's being sent to you, the receiver, and it being received. And so the class talked about to receive a message and the intent of the message don't always have to be conscious. So sometimes you're getting a message and you're receiving it and you're not totally aware that you're receiving this kind of message. And sometimes it's being received subconsciously of which, you know, you act out or you can act upon later. Sure. Like you, you're not fully aware. And I think there's research out there that said, you know, that talks about how you uh, subconsciously do subliminal things. Subliminal messages. Yeah, subliminal messages and that you just subconsciously do things from those subliminal messages. And so... From this, I, you know, I got the King James Version of this scripture that says 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 
be not deceived, evil communication or evil messages sent and received um, can corrupt good manners. And my example to this, you know, I actually spoke a message of this at my church. So I actually, oh, actually had to pull up right. my um, notes from this. And so I relate this kind of like a computer virus. So okay. a computer virus, you know, you could be operating on Google or you could be on your Facebook or whatever and everything is all fine. And you could actually have like a window open where a virus can sneak in because yeah. you have let a small crack in. And so the virus is there and you could be going for days, for weeks, for months, not realizing that this virus is there, but it's slowly building over time. It's just building and building and building. Yeah. And then eventually just one day, boom, your computer crashes. It's not operating right and you can't do what you need to do. So I believe that from this example and from the scripture, um, it's not only speaking of human communication from people. You know, a lot of people want to use this scripture from like, oh, don't hang out with bad people. But sometimes you can't, you got to make sure you're not receiving messages from music and TV and movies. Clothing. Yeah, clothing. And yeah. we'll get to the clothing part at the end. That's, that's true. That's true. And so you can't, you can't receive these things in because it could subconsciously or subliminally mess up your behavior and you not even realize it. And just like the computer virus, it gets in and it settles for a little bit and then it builds up and then settles for a little bit and you don't, you don't notice the slight change into your computer until it's too late and it freezes. And I have an example of this, you know, you're going to laugh, but actually in middle school, I actually, I didn't realize I was going down this path, but I actually kind of went gothic for a little bit. Gothic? I actually kind of went gothic for a little bit. I remember for a little stage in my life, all I was, I like started hanging out with more of the punk rock gothic kids. And I'm saying this in quotations, uh, punk rock gothic kids in the neighborhood yeah because those were the people i got along with in the neighborhood especially there was two um two guys in my neighborhood who i got along with really well and they were my age and so they connected with that group so it introduced me to all this stuff of like you know hardcore rock and rock like you know the screaming in there and the heavy metal and i got and i and i got and i would see like when i would go to their homes and stuff and i would see kind of like their rooms be painted black and um, see different like paraphernalias and stuff that in my spirit it was like I can't even explain to you like I, sometimes I would walk in the room and my spirit would just jump and just be unarmed because so much darkness was just there just like the symbols and just that heavy metal stuff is just even though I knew a little bit about it but I really didn't know until I got in there and so I remember because I was hanging out with them my behavior started changing and yeah. I didn't even realize yeah. it my behavior started changing. I was a little bit more um, short-tempered uh, with my family and stuff. I was a little bit more secretive at home um, and everything. And I kind of had kind of the uh, the attitude of, leave me alone. Like, let me be alone. Like, like I kind of ha had that. And I actually started listening to a little bit of heavy metal and stuff. And I had to pull back from that group because that evil communication being amongst them was messing me up. Like yeah, yeah. I was, it was messing me up. And so I, I yeah, well, let me jump in here really quick. I mean, I agree with you completely, uh, especially regarding the music uh -huh. and the culture. You know, if you immerse yourself in the culture or you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back into you or the culture influences you. And this is why in second Corinthians six fourteen, uh, Paul tells us, do not be unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. Right. He's talking more like marriage, but it can also apply here. You are the company you keep. And as a believer, and I state this from personal experience. If you hang out with people who are not walking with God, you are going to drown. It, it is, I mean, it, it, it's, I've, I've never heard anybody 
who is a believer who is surrounded by unbelievers. Who and brings they, the unbelievers. Brings the, the unbelievers to, to being believers. I don't hear about this. Instead, it is always the unbeliever, or, or rather, the believer who gets dragged down. Now, what I have heard, that this is not to say believers should not hang out with unbelievers. That would be totally wrong. It, because, impossible. You know, it's the, the um, where our goal as believers is supposed to reach everybody around us with the good news, the mm-hmm. gospel. But what I'm saying is, if you solely are around unbelievers, okay. this, this is what happens to you. If you're trying to reach unbelievers, you need to have a, a Christian believers to fellowship with to keep you anchored in Christianity and not go off into these uh, the world, which is, of course, what the flesh wants to do. So it's a battle there as well. So, yeah, true. All that is true. And, you know, I wasn't really connecting. I didn't really have anyone to connect with to keep me anchored besides my family. Um, but the reason why I say all this stuff is... For example, with Harry Potter, you know, it mentions things of like sorcery, magic, potions, spells, and these warlocks and all these titles and names, you know, used in Wiccan and pagan practices. And this is communicating to people. And you're saying this is for, you know, this is a children's book and children are reading this. And these practices can spark kind of a, a interest to research down those real life dark paths into witchcraft. And I just think about, like, you know, a lot of my friends who are into Harry Potter. I mean, they're heavily into Harry Potter. I mean, they are, like, deeply into Harry Potter. I'm deeply into Harry Potter. I mean, they're deeply, like you said, you know, they consume themselves in Harry Potter. But my, I think my thing of bringing up this whole thing with communication is there might be some things that it's communicating to the young people that they don't even realize, you know. And then at the same time, because they are young, they might not understand the difference, you know what I'm saying? As children, you, you know, as children and us as the adults, we got to make sure we protect our children so that they don't get led astray down a dark path that they don't understand. So I think my parents were trying to be guarded that you're young in the faith. And so because you're young, you might not have total comprehension. And so we need to protect you. You know, here's here's the line that we just protect you so you don't even get confused in that area. So that's why I bring up communication, because some messages are being sent to us that we don't even realize and we need to make sure that we are not even allowing the channel to even send the message to us. I get this. I, I don't agree that Harry Potter is doing this, but I, I do understand the mindset of trying to make sure we don't get those subliminal messages in there because they certainly can and do uh, mess with people's minds going on down the road. But but you talk about Harry Potter specifically and you talk about things like magic and potions and spells sorcery uh and you know there are associations with these in in, in wiccans and pagan ways but i would say it's it's not uh so so wiccans and and pagans they use pagans rather they use these things that that's true harry potter does not use those types of things in the ways that the the satanic and occult practices of witchcraft do um and this is not, I mean, this is not just Harry Potter. This is, this is other things as well, other, other media. Lord of the Rings, for example, has magical staffs mm-hmm. that are wielded by the wizards. Uh, and, and I think these are examples of things that are borrowed but not applied in a satanic method in these stories. And that, to me, is what makes the difference. So potions in Harry Potter, and I'll just continue using Harry Potter because this is a good <laughs> example. Potions are, are made of completely made-up objects, mm-hmm. right? Um, like uh, boom slang skin, right? That's a type of magical snake. Mm-hmm. And of course, that does not exist in real life at all. 
So this, these are totally made up objects. And I'd further make the claim that a lot of what the pagans use in their rituals are things that God has used for his purposes. So pagans took things from God and then perverted them, right? Okay. So here, here's my arguments for this. Take a staff, for instance. Okay. So pagans may use a staff to cast curses. Moses and God used a staff to defeat Pharaoh's wise men. We talked about that on the show. He threw it down. It became a snake. A snake ate the staffs. It became snakes of the wise men who were using their so-called secret arts. Uh, pagans may chant to cast curses or employ rituals. There are believers who chant or sing the Psalms to praise God. Pagans may use herbs to create dark potions. Christians and others may use herbs to make medicines for healing. And obviously, staffs chanting and using herbs are not evil in and of themselves. Pagans use them for evil, but they're not uh, by themselves bad. And so this is what I say in the fantasy concepts. This is, this is what applies to this. The idea of magic wands or magic staffs or potions or, or spells... They are being applied to fantasy things. They are not being applied to the satanic things. And so therefore, I do not consider them to be evil in and of themselves. I see, I, get, I get what you're saying that, you know, they're just stealing it as reference for the story and they're just trying to make it come together. I guess I just know that some people are not able to differentiate the difference. And so I guess everyone's just going to have to be cautious on their own on what's going to be cautious for them. And there's several other like things out there that people play with. And the reason why I brought clothing, I was at one store and I saw four children that they could wear these shirts where on the shirt has the satanic pentagram oh and it has children on the shirt doing sacrifice, like with a lamb or no, it was with a cat sacrificing a cat on oh the pentagram. And then there's other, there were other shirts in the store that had like demons playing with the children. Yeah, well, those are explicit examples yeah. of witchcraft, and we should not be involved in that as believers. Yeah, though, that's something that's completely evil, and the reason why I brought that up, because I just wanted to throw it out there, because I saw it recently, yeah. that yeah, yeah. Christians should not be buying such apparel. No. You can't be wandering around saying, I love Jesus, and live for Jesus, and then you're wearing well, the, the enemy. Yeah, yeah no, you're wearing no, no. the enemy's um, <laughs> characters on your shirt okay. and yeah. everything. But I guess, you know, you and I can go back and forth on, like, what we think is acceptable or what i think is acceptable but i think the bottom line with everything is we just got there are some laws in the bible that are very explicit like do not get do not be involved with and i think in our part one we talked about the explicitness yes. of god's law on witchcraft this kind of stuff with media and uh, television and movies and stuff this is kind of where things are kind of the gray area and i think that's when we need to depend on the holy spirit to lead and guide us you know the bible says in john sixteen thirteen. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And I was thinking, you know, maybe for my life, I, you know, the Holy Ghost has to keep me away from that to stay focused on other things. But for you, it might be, you're able to handle that. You know, you're able to handle those fantasies and stuff, but everyone's different. And you got to follow the Holy Spirit's conviction for your life. Yeah. I mean, I definitely will not argue mm. about that. Mm. You always should defer to the Holy Spirit mm. on, on these types of matters. Because I will say for me, I love scary movies. Like I love scary movies and I love like, like Myers. Um, uh, what is it? Chucky, um, Jason. I love scary movies. And then I started getting involved in watching movies in the sense of like paranormal activity and other like spirit 
show yeah, like I remember movies and then just one day the Holy Ghost like it just hit me it was just like you know that's not really good if you really believe these things can happen because I believe that people who mess with witchcraft things can have evil spiritual activity happen in their home yeah. which was shown on the paranormal activity and so I had to cut out those kind of movies so that was the conviction for me but I'm not going to tell another Christian completely you should I'm not going to tell you Alex if you watched it you should not watch it I will suggest to you maybe you should consider this but Pray about it and let the Holy Ghost lead you in what's best for you. I won't tell you you're wrong for not reading Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good book series. I think it's well done. But you've got to make that decision in concordance with the Spirit's will. And I think um, everyone should not even watch Lord of the Rings, not because it has magic, but just because it's boring. It is definitely <laughs> not boring. Just because you it's boring. You watch the first movie that is, in my opinion, not the best it's the the next two, which are really good, and I want to get you involved in this. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want to name off just a couple of uh, things mm -hmm. as we're closing up that I saw a list in my research about, like, different activities. Christian, it, it said Christians should reconsider doing such an activity because of its basis in witchcraft. I this, just, is, this is real live witchcraft, by yeah, the way, the satanic just, version of yeah, it. Yeah, I've just found this because some people might not think it's bad or might not think it's... Um, a problem, but I just want to throw it out there because I thought it was kind of interesting, the list they gave. Um, they mentioned horoscope, yoga, tarot cards, um, hypnotism, acupuncture, astrology, Ouija board. We talked about, we that. Talked about that. Psychic readings, even calling someone, um, going to a person even with a crystal ball. Yeah. Numerology. I have to read, well, I don't know if I should research it, but I don't know. I'm not totally familiar what that is. Palm like reading. using numbers, I think, to predict future outcomes. So divination. Yeah. So uh, palm reading, superstitious, superstition, you know, don't step on the crack or you break your mother's back and believing that if you avoid doing certain things that you'll get good luck. So those superstitious kind of things, dream catchers and spirit guides. So of that, there's going to be one very controversial, maybe two, actually two, two very controversial topics here, yoga and acupuncture. Yeah. So do you know the background behind why it is? You think you think Christians should avoid these kinds of things? I know a little bit about yoga, but not acupuncture. But this is where I, as a scientist, would encourage <laughs> our listeners to research these topics. Uh, I think yoga is one of these things where I, I know where this is coming from. I think people who practice this is it's totally divorced from all of that, mm -hmm. and so I think yoga is okay and you are going to hear about this when it comes to Halloween next week. <laughs> yeah. It's a very similar thing. Um, and, and acupuncture, of course, that comes, I believe, from China as a way to relieve pain. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, I think people research this. I don't see anything wrong with acupuncture as a pain reliever. I would not do this. It sounds really painful. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that this is sinful in any, in any way. But, but the rest of the things on this list, psychic readings, Ouija boards, uh, the the uh, astrology horoscopes all of that uh, definitely that that is drawing on supernatural power that is not of God but of the devil. As the we big thing for me, it, the big thing for me is because I know a lot of celebrities mention this that they summon spirit guides to help and lead them. That Look, is so horrible. If it ain't the Holy Ghost, I don't want the spirit guiding me. So no, if it's, it's not the Holy Ghost, I don't need that spirit telling no, no. me what to do. Because no, that is a demon. Because Jesus has said the Holy Spirit will guide you. So if it ain't the Holy Ghost. I don't want any part of that spirit whatsoever. And we've just opened up a whole other can of worms of like, 
like I said, we said it in our first episode, there's there's a lot that goes along with witchcraft. But yeah. I just think it's really important for Christians, even if you even if we don't know the answers, I think as Christians we need to be aware of what's out there so you don't just fall into traps and yeah. you just need to be aware of what's out there. Pray about it. Seek God for answers for your life. Um, if you're a parent out there, be cautious on what your children are into. Yeah. Because even their subliminal messaging of witchcraft and stuff in the movies, in the, the TV shows that they're watching during this time, there's subliminal messaging out there for satanic rituals and satanic ways, um, in my belief. So I just think everyone just needs to be cautious out there. We might not agree on the whole thing about fantasy books. I know we're in my area. I might I might need to tighten up a little bit, but you know, I did learn a little bit more. Maybe I shouldn't be as uptight with things of fantasy battles like Chronicles of Narnia. Maybe Progress. I can, maybe I can go back and finally read it. <laughs> I just won't tell my mom about it. <laughs> you should. You should. She should know that. that no, is she knows about. She knows about it now, and she thinks it's funny. But back in the day, it was just like a big hot topic. But all right, before we go on a whole other uh, rabbit trail. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of our podcast and listening to The Paradigm Switch. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Give us a like, follow us, and share it, and let us know how we're doing. What topics do you want to hear about? What discussions are going on out there that you might not have the answers for? Send us an email. Send us a message. Let us know what's going on so we can discuss it, put the Word of God um, perspective on it, and then we can start learning how to think right side up. And this is this is conclusion. Yeah, this is concluding our witchcraft two-part series and then our final one for halloween is the halloween theme is going to be should christians celebrate halloween it's going to be another debate should christians celebrate halloween i and i'm pretty sure the audience can kind of guess where we are on that spectrum Uh, between you and i but we'll find out more next week so stay tuned we'll be here for another episode next thursday